Hi, I'm Ricky DeRiz and welcome to episode 24 of the Mind That Ego podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Natalie Zituni. Natalie and I met at the Science and Non-Duality conference three years ago. She attended my talk on re-enchantment and we've been meaning to schedule a conversation for a while and I feel like this has really worked um, to, to divine time in as we cover in the episode as well. The aim of this conversation is to capture the essence and capture the even the practicality of connecting to the soul. But yeah, I, I thought it would be really nice to, to kind of follow your work in an intuitive way and really to, to look at it from this approach. So I've, I've read Insolment and I feel like that is very much um, you know, part of my memory complex somewhere. I trust that <laughs> yes. through, through osmosis, you know, I, I really, I really connected to the book. Mm. Um, and it really, yeah, it, it came at the right time for me. And I remember being moved by it mm. and, you know, something I, I really appreciate about the work that you do is your ability to map and to really bring a lot of stuff forward that is is invisible for many and, and abstract and to really kind of map that. Mm. Um, so I'd love for us to, to explore it kind of intuitively, to explore this question of connecting to the soul and to just see where we go from there, ultimately. Mm. Nice, nice. Great, I would love that. I would love that. You know what would help me Mm -hmm. uh, in this process is your authentic kind of in the moment curious questions yeah. because insolment is like a whole it's a whole territory it's a whole field and you know it's like you're going to a new land mm -hmm. and you can explore the food the fashion that the the landscapes the animals the the, cult, the, the people, the culture, the language, you, there's so many aspects to it. So what would help is out of your curiosity, because even in this interview, there's an insolment process going on. Mm -hmm. So it's your soul calling my soul, calling the soul of this dance between us. And the soul, I mean the essence of something. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about essence and how do you distinguish that. But there's, there's a soul of our relating, which we immediately clicked when we saw each other at sand a few years ago and then we continued to correspond so this would not have happened if our soul would not have somewhat seen each other so yeah. our soul have seen each other then the human aspect of us see each other then we connect and then we have this interview so this interview is like a birth mm -hmm. it really takes me to every moment is a birth of dancing souls creating something and the moment is full it's always full even if you're sitting yeah. in your own room completely disconnected from the world the moment is full and we created this moment and now some of the audience some of the people who are going to listen to this interview they are going to tap into a birth of what we're creating so when you bring in your authentic mm. questions to my authentic response that's a very high grade insolment interaction. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and, and by the way, why people love nature so much, why people love to sing, to dance, mm. 
to jam, jazz, to be in nature, to walk, uh, to swim, because these are very insoled encounters with animals. Uh, mm. Even if you're, let's say, a programmer and you're writing C++ or you're writing Java, you're writing something, but you, when you're really on to something, this is very, very much insolvent. And these are insold activities. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so now we're engaged in an insold interview. Uh, and we're going to try to reveal to see what's, what's really relevant for yeah. people today, like uh, 2022, this month, this day. What mm -hmm. is relevant, really? Uh, because what is relevant today was not relevant two years ago and three yeah. years ago. We've yeah. seen it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it makes me instantly want to, and I'll just follow this. It, the, the, the first place I actually want to go to from what you shared, which is beautiful. And, and I really, uh, I resonate a lot with this, you know, the purposeful nature of being in essence and, and what emerges from there. And I've had this thought or, or idea or something I've, I've played with for a while around you know the the purpose of this and the kind of matrix of insolment to to use that term and even like what you point to in our discussion and and the, the kind of connection that we have there's something in that that we probably can't comprehend or understand consciously that could be completely relevant for people listening in a different way almost like um you know, any perspective for, for whatever position someone is in when they listen in their emotional landscape, like there's a message that can apply in so many different ways. Um, so I really like the idea of it being collaborative also with, with people listening and tuning in. Yes. So so it's interesting because we don't even know who's going to listen. Mm -hmm. but their, their energy, their soul is already here and it's already mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's a co-arising, co- co-emergent process mm -hmm. and time is not linear it's not past present and future yeah. there's a co-arising now yeah. just to make it easy for whoever just ever wh whoever has uh, just encountered the word insolment insolment is the ongoing process of connecting embodying and expressing the soul so connecting embodying and expressing the soul that's insolvent, and everything goes through insolvent. Everything that is alive goes through insolvent. Mm -hmm. okay? Even water can go through insolvent. Mm -hmm. uh, and when we talk about the soul, we're talking about the innermost essence. And the innermost essence, which is very unique, it's unique not only to the person or the, the thing, it's also unique to the moment, it's unique to the place. Mm -hmm. So this is an incredible, mm -hmm. imagine, imagine a kaleidoscope any any angle you move the kaleidoscope, all of a sudden a new image arises. This is exactly yes. our own magical existence. Okay, and we, maybe we can talk later about you know anxiety and fears mm -hmm. and depression and paranoia, and we can talk about these. How are they relevant to insolment? And yeah. what could insolment do for them? You know? Yeah. Because there's, I mean, look at the state of the world. Come on, we're killing everything. We're we're war. We're, I mean, yeah. Okay, so I, oh yeah, this is this um and I'm gonna trust the I think I feel like we're gonna jump around and and um mm -hmm. I'm happy to do that, at least in the beginning as we kind of work through this. Um yes. but when you say that I think of of 
you know, very recently there have been studies, um, I think it was a systemic review around the theory of, of the chemical imbalance theory of depression. And I feel like anyone, like if, you, if you've experienced depression to, uh, to an extent, if you have an interest in spirituality, if you had a, a meditation practice or you're in your own journey of ensoulment, then there is that, that question mark. It doesn't add up um, the purely mechanical approach. And that's maybe something we can look at is, you know, insolment is the missing piece uh, and consciousness mm -hmm. as an influencer of the mechanical and the um, neurological as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll go, we'll go there at some point. We'll arrive there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Um, I'd love to, to hear about your, your background and your kind of journey into this mm. uh, and a bit of background in your um, practice, your spirituality, how you arrived at the curiosity around insolment. Yes, wow. You know, <laughs> there's the background and then there's the process of revealing insolment or discovering insolment. So my background, uh, I was a system engineer in IT, director in high-tech companies in the Silicon Valley. And then I was working on large-scale corporate enterprise systems, which really created in my brain, created a way of looking at the interconnectedness of things. Because when you work on a system, you know how moving one area changes the entire system. So there's like an interconnectedness of the uh, processes and the elements of the system. So that kind of uh, cultivated, I mean, I'm an engineer by, by kind of diploma, mm -hmm. uh, a system engineer, but regardless, it really allowed me to actually see the interconnected of everything. This is long time ago. I'm talking 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So this is this was my background, and then my background started shifting. I have always been interested in esoteric mysticism, uh, energy, and at some point I started learning that in a deeper way. So I studied with Ken Wilber and the Integral mm -hmm. Institute. Mm -hmm. I studied with JFK. I studied at CIIS, California Institute of Integral Studies. But these just gave me like wow! I all of a sudden I. I found out that there are many people who are inquiring into the nature of reality, the nature of existence, mm -hmm. the nature of consciousness, the nature of interconnectedness and how we fit in. So yeah. that kind of gave me the playground and the language. But at some point, which was about 15 years ago, I went my own way. That started about 15 years ago. Now I can look back and see that I actually descended into the underworld myself. Mm -hmm. uh, the world depression the word depression is kind of a too generic of a word yeah but definitely i was asking questions like who who the fuck am i <laughs> what the fuck did i come to do here <laughs> this is what i'm gonna do fly fly to chicago fly back to this do another yeah. project do another day is this it <laughs> wait sorry no fucking way so all these questions started coming and i did not like the answers i was getting at all, because the answers were not quite fulfilling. They were not quite like, mm, yeah. And not only that the answers I got, who am I, what am I doing here? And and, and how can I actually be here in, in, in this world in a, in, a, in, a, in a sane way? None of these questions had an answer. 
So I had to really go into the underworld. And that's another thing I want to say. And it's a part of installment in the in the first book. The second book came out this year in, in January. So that's that's a much deeper, much uh, much more kind of a cosmological. The first book is more of a, like a personal journey. The second is has much more of a collective cosmological importance of embodying the soul of the world and the soul of the planet and the soul of humanity. So that's that's the second book. But in the first book, uh, when I went down into the underworld, and the underworld, it's mean my own underworld, all the places that I disowned, that I didn't like, mm. that I judged myself, that I was afraid, that I was I was ashamed of, mm-hmm. all these places, I had to go in and say, okay, let's look at them, let's befriend them. So I had to go this. And, and in installment one, I talk about the, the, the kind of the five phases that revealed themselves, which is the waking up, that oh my, oh my god i have dimensions to my soul that i've, I've never tapped into so there, there's a waking mm-hmm. up to the soul to your own soul mm-hmm. there's the descent into soullessness all the places that are soulless depression is is soullessness and yeah, yeah. and i'm gonna talk about it a lot of mentality yes yeah and, and and then you had the the uh the the insolment process and then the connection with the soul of the world okay so, so all these phases you go through them in different aspects of your life. And depression mm-hmm. is, is literally marking the soullessness phase of your coming into your own soul in a particular area of your life, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's actually a very healthy process. It's like yeah. fever is a really healthy articulation of mm-hmm. the body uh, when you have fever. or what, so You understand? So all yeah. disease is actually a healthy phase of healing, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So... Um, so I, I I said that because there's there's the kind of technical, mechanical, philosophical, uh, 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 mental background that I had, but then I had my own journey. And this in this journey, when I went down, all of a sudden I encountered all the places in me that I I really did not like. I did not mm-hmm. like about myself, and I didn't like about the world. I was afraid. I was ashamed. I was so I had to encounter them one by one. And I had to kind of dwell. I don't know if you've ever had a journey, a medicine journey, where you see only this, like, really the underworld, and you have things crawling on you. This is what I had to do yeah. for a while. Uh, yeah. And I had to dwell there in the in the uh, soullessness of my own soul mm. and gradually, gradually start to go through my own alchemical process. And after that, you start to become ensouled. And how do you know how, that you start to become ensouled? All of a sudden, there's like a peacefulness, inner peace, mm-hmm. that nothing matter. Whatever happens, there's like a peace and glimpses of joie de vivre, glimpses. I cannot say joie de vivre, not yet. <laughs> glimpses start to come to, oh, I was happy like, like last night. Yeah, I was yeah. happy, I was waiting. <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah. okay, that was nice. So then, so then you kind of churn, you churn with yourself, you churn with your soullessness, you churn with the world, churning it like a like a stew, like a soup. Mm-hmm. You go through your own alchemical process, and then all of a sudden, something, a dish, a, a, something that has flavor starts to emerge, and that's your soul. Uh-huh. Okay? But yeah, I've wonderful. rarely seen, I've rarely seen anybody goes to an installment without everything you were describing earlier. Yeah. Uh, the the soulless places. Wow, I absolutely love that description. I love that description. It. it and I remember that reading your book, the, the the potency of that shadow work that you did, it really struck me. And 
you know, it relates a lot as well to, you know, practices of self-actualization and this kind of non-dual approach as well that tries to, to bypass content. And when you open up to the magnitude of that underworld, you know, it cannot be bypassed. Like you say, it's got to be engaged with in a really healthy way. And um, yeah, I, I love this alchemical approach because and, it is, and, is yeah, go yes. on. And you know what, Ricky, the thing is, <clears throat> It's not like you decide, okay, on Monday, I'm going to start my shadow work. Exactly. Then yeah. it, <laughs> life is going to bring it to you. Like the yeah. stream of life. Yeah. Stream of life is going to bring you, a, I'm sorry, a really challenging day. A really mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. oh my God, a really challenging period. I actually just went through a very challenging period. Three months. It lasted three months. Just mm -hmm. the last uh, April, May, June. Um, and it was so challenging. It's my core relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. And there's some things there that are so, so, so uh painful and so unresolved yet that i had to go through it and it was very challenging it was so challenging that okay i, I knew i'm going through my installment process with my mom i knew it yeah. and i had my whole back was like uh um i, I had issues with my back i had mm -hmm. issues with like uh like physical issues and then emotional and then couldn't sleep and then, mm -hmm. so all this is happening but the thing is as you're going through it there's a part of your soul that is seeing through this kind of dark night of the soul or yeah. dark month of the soul. You're seeing through and you say, okay, I know I'm going through it. I'm just going to do what I need to do. So I went to some my own healers. I went to see my own colleagues. I went to see my own, my own processes. And you just go through it. So it's not like you have to say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start my shadow. No, it's going mm -hmm. to come with you. The question is whether you're going to say, hello, shadow. Hello, yes. that's really painful. Okay, I know you come here to to include and transcend so mm -hmm. I can move to the next level of insolment. Mm -hmm. So I was doing all this, but still it was painful. So um, the good news is the more you do this work, the duration in which you stay in the illusion of the pain body is much, much, much shorter, yeah. which means you can be sometimes days and you're out of it, Sometimes mm -hmm. months. I mean, if it's something that I'm dealing, which is lifelong, it's it's three months, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel so much better, and I I did a few things. I mean, I said, okay, I need to see this guy. I need to see this person. I need, mm -hmm. and I I kind of constellated my my people, and I said, okay, I'm going to invest in that, and I'm going to go do it. And every day, sit down and see what's going on, like in my own self. Mm -hmm. So there's like your inner process yourself, and then you get help, and then you are past this period. It's mm -hmm. almost like you know the 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 graduation exams or or you know the finals you got to go through it you know something yeah. like this wow okay i've got a million directions to go in right so so one thing that came to mind when you were talking and i imagine you're you're someone who and just for people listening like some way this is described as like the imaginal realm right or like the, the unconscious really diving into the, the like depths of the psychology uh, the ocean of unconsciousness and, and what is found there and you know something that I love about Jungian philosophy is like the richness of these landscapes and how they've been articulated so so well in, in a way that you know the mythological I was thinking this the other day you know like the the embodiment of the mythological yes. because we have like the cognitive and the emotional aspects of being but there is like a real slaying of the dragon kind of process that you have to go through a lot of the time or a befriending even to see the actual the innocence of the dragon behind that fire breath you know and and um yeah uh, I, but I was going to say I imagine you're someone who when you're in this process 
and you think you know there are ways that you could be supportive that you're always looking at that from a point of what will be reflected to me like what intelligence will will this show me from someone else if that makes sense yeah yeah beautiful so oh wow okay so from that and and i'd like to look at as a process so for me having experience i I want to say something the the imaginal realm you and i share that the imaginal realm and the union psychology and the union philosophy but it's really like it talks to my soul i mean carl jung the way he writes what he writes the what he's seen how he dared to express that in, you know, like 50 years ago. So his, he is, he resonates with my own soul, part of my soul journey. But it's really important that the audience and you and I and other people will actually see what resonates with them because some people are not verbal at all. They're not, they're not yeah, psychological at all. They're just about sensations or color or mm. music. I mean, you can do your whole installment process through music. So, so I'm saying this because you have a primary soul frequency, like like a, like you have your soul frequency. Each one of us, each thing have the plant. I want even to say the sofa. Everything we are on and in have a yeah. primary frequency yeah. or primary. Mm, a song, okay. The American mm-hmm. Indian they used to talk about the song of 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 of, of the newborn that they mm-hmm. would be singing the song before he or she were, were born. So you have a song. That song resonates with other songs. So it's really important to find the body of knowledge or the body of wisdom or the body of practice that resonates with your soul. Because if you try yeah. to do things that are just because everybody used that, who cares? It's not your soul. It's not your frequency. Mm. So that's another thing about insolment. It's extremely individual, extremely individual. Mm. I mean, it's so unique. Like your frequency is, is like no other frequency around the cosmos, not the planet, the cosmos. So you are so unique. So when you find your own, mm, your own song and you resonate with the song that will support you and help you, then you're good. You're good to go. Then you go through, through your journey with these, uh, partnering songs yeah i like that that bringing awareness to that um like you say i, I imagine we, you know we share this real visual field like i i experience a lot of strong visualizations and um it is as an embodiment process you know there's a lot of emotional that people experience a lot through dance and, and movement like you say there's there are many avenues to it with you know, with that, and, and I just think of this paradigm shift in terms of looking at what we label depression or anxiety or different disorders or paranoia or psychosis, you know, these really challenging times. There is an opportunity to, to view that from, you know, a perspective of a call to action, like the hero's journey being embarked upon. And, you know, for some people listening to that, depending on their worldview, that might seem wishful thinking it might seem like it it minimizes the process but I really feel that there is there's a teaching element to these experiences as you say it's this soulful part of of the psyche the essence trying to communicate and you know the more I've studied psychology in different different areas you know you see that almost every leading psychologist or or uh, 
philosopher, they will look at it from a from an approach of that core is exactly what you need. Be it the song, you know, be it the, the visualization, be it the you know string of synchronicities that lead to a practice that allows you to embody that. And you know, for me, like that, like the experience of not being able to ignore it because you, you mentioned shadow work not being something you choose was pro I'm trying I'm thinking now I'm like going back through my my history and I feel I've had different elements of that like I've had a cognitive with with really strong ruminations and intrusive thoughts I've had an emotional from really intense anxiety um the depression not that that for me is anti-emotion almost it's just like there's yeah, like an empty space, zero point something. Um, but with the visualization, there was a lot around that, um, almost like an overspill from the imaginal and auditory as well for me with like hallucinations and like conversations that would continue. Cause there was this, it was like the inner essence starting to spill out into my reality. And then I was having to, to discern from that well where are the boundaries clearly there's an interconnection <laughs> how do I appreciate and, and embody that interconnection without losing my sense of self if, if that makes sense um Amazing. yeah and I, I remember I went to I went to an event um around Jungian philosophy and, and it was talking about myth and how Jung described some experiences experiences of, of psychosis as that overspill like the con the contents of the unconscious are just like they're there they have to be yes you have to be dealt with yes so so look there's a process of so you have your soul the soul is always with you there's a process of connecting with your soul which is crucial the, i mean i cannot emphasize enough how important it is to know your soul to connect with your soul and to allow your soul to be inside your body. Because sometimes mm -hmm. only 20% of your soul is in your body. When you go to sleep, it's completely different. When you are in a psychosis, it's completely different, okay? Mm -hmm. So there are parallel processes that are happening. One is the presence of your soul. Like, where's my soul? Where's my soul? Okay, okay, okay. There's the pain body going crazy when mm -hmm. you are triggered or when, when you are going through some uh, some challenges. Um, then there's a process of understanding your landscape. So when I talk about landscape, there's a psychic landscape, there's essential landscape, there's physical landscape, there's all these landscape. Yes. Landscape yeah. is like is like really knowing the lay of your land. Mm -hmm. it's very important. Now, because I work in insolvent and uh, after this body of knowledge was discovered, I, I was it was discovered through just automatic writing, mm -hmm. and then I, start, I developed it, and then people came to me with many many questions, and I started channeling these answers, and then mm. this work emerged. Okay, so as this body of 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 knowledge came, a big part of insolment is actually the ability to transform to transform where you are into what where you want to be headed okay mm -hmm. so there, there's a great power that 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 you have here as a transformer of reality of your own reality the most the most powerful place to transform is your own reality 
When yeah. you're able to transform your own reality, you can transform. Then you can just go about your day and see all realities around you transforming. And that's about the nature of reality, which I talk about in the second book. Mm-hmm. But I'm going back to say there's connection to the soul. There's understanding the, the pain body and knowing how to work with the pain body. Sometimes yeah. it's just like, oh, come here, baby. You just like, you know, oh, I love you. I love you. Of- yeah, and sometimes it's slaying the dragon with the pain body. And sometimes it's melting it away, seeing through it. So there's all these ways. But understanding the landscape is very important. And now I'm going to the, to the point of why understanding the landscape is so important. Because in this psychic landscape, there's also this embodied being. Mm-hmm. Okay? So mm-hmm. you have beings that are feeding off there's entities and you know, like yeah. they talk about it in Christianity and all this, like exorcism and all this. I've really seen them because mm-hmm. because I've been doing this work for so long. For over over 15 years, I've been mm-hmm. working and I literally see sometimes they are non-physical entities yeah. lurking in their space, kind of doing so. You gotta know how to actually deal with these little gremlins <laughs> that are coming in and like, excuse me, get out, no, not interested. Yeah. No. And you can even, once you start really understanding your psychic landscape Mm -hmm. and your physical, mental, emotional, and etheric, energetic landscape, you can actually start to say, no, 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 I'm not going there. You know, like you're you're not driving through Harlem at 2 a.m. in the morning on this. It's like, no. So there are places that you you don't get into. It's like, no, sorry, I'm going to drive right Mm -hmm. by. So in order to do that, there is some... uh, authority, seniority, agency that you develop just in your psychic. There's nothing you have to do. Mm-hmm. You just see everything and you see, like, for example, people who are depressed, people who have, uh, uh, you know, manic depressive uh, uh, episodes or mm-hmm. psychotic episodes, there's interference. And I, I can talk later, what is interference and how does it does it work? What does it mean when a psychic pattern comes in and lodge in your field and just stay there, hangs out? So, but there are ways to dissolve all these, okay? Mm-hmm. And you can do it yourself in your own imagination, in your own, in your own intuition, actually. Yeah. So it's not that you need to go to a healer. I mean, sometimes it's nice to go to somebody, but you don't have to. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. But understanding the landscape, understanding who's like for me, because I am I am a, a kind of a war refugee, and we had a lot of trauma in my early childhood, and we had a lot of loss and grief and pain. I also mm-hmm. suffered from years of anxiety blended with grief tons mm-hmm. of anxiety with grief every little thing oh i'm so sad i'm so sad and 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 I ha- i'm also anxious at the same at the same time mm-hmm. that i'm sad so i noticed that this pattern is actually like it's like my default i i default mm-hmm. to it anytime and i was like okay but maybe there's another way maybe there's a way to actually celebrate her beauty right now and that so you can actually reframe when you see you keep driving to the same place all the time you can say, hey, why don't I take this route this time? Yeah. And when you connect it to your soul, you know your pain body, you know your mm-hmm. landscape, you can navigate. And that's what I want to bring people back to, their own navigation of their own mm-hmm. reality. That's critical. Mm-hmm. That's that's the real uh, truest sense of empowerment, isn't it? To, to, to understand. And, and one thing I want to note is how the conventional Western worldview makes... 90% of this landscape impossible through its very narrow view. And, and I feel like this is a really integral, um, for a lot of people, a starting point of giving themselves permission to explore these landscapes because we're gaslighted into their non-existence so much 
from you know misguided different um agendas at play different kind of societal structures i i really appreciate that you mentioned the entity stuff i really appreciate that you know again like trusting there's probably a diverse um in terms of the people listening and watching like a diverse section of people and we're really talking to what i would describe as like beyond the veil like when when you you go into like anyone seriously following their own self-inquiry will have this like universal opening of okay there's so much more here than I I thought that I was unconscious of and including these realms and I feel that that having a, a map for that is so important so that people can can understand like there are phenomenons of consciousness that are, are grossly overlooked in like mainstream psychology and I just love that that we're, we're touching upon that oh um, yeah we, we we have to touch because most of life is actually unseen. Most of life mm-hmm. has not been discovered. Most of life is beyond the veil. It's almost like yeah. you have you have an iceberg. 90-some percent is at the bottom, inside, buried under the ocean. Mm-hmm. And only a few percent is up there. Yeah. So now, now, now look, I, I want to say, I want to give the power to the people. What do I mean by that? When you start your installment process, you are becoming fearless. Mm-hmm. Fearless, I mean, you completely see how fear is an illusion. Mm-hmm. The same way you can completely see that the whole pandemic was a complete illusion. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I won't get into it, okay? But in there's a way in which you can actually start to see beyond, and you don't subscribe yeah. to the misinformation. Yeah. You don't subscribe to the mass media. You don't subscribe to the doctor told me you don't subscribe to the psychiatrist told me you start seeing truth with your own eyes because Mm -hmm. eventually it's your own truth okay if you're choosing to create ongoingly depression sadness uh, psychotic breakdowns Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, paranoia it's fascinating it's like oh let's let's see why am i why is my landscape looking like this let's see Oh, interesting. Oh, I have this thing going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I'm really afraid of that. Okay. So, but I have to tell you, once <laughs> you really awaken, you really see that 99.9, all possibilities, there's nothing to be afraid. Yeah. But you can't yeah. get there unless you go through the, the veil of fear because I went through it as well, okay? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you got to take the rain back. You got to take the rain of your own reality creation into your own hands. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't consult with people, you know, like the president mm-hmm. have many consultants. That's fine. But he's the president or mm-hmm. she soon. So so um, giving back the rain to you to say, oh, look at my landscape. Oh, look at this creature yeah. always showing up with this dark hood over his head and mm-hmm. coming, wanting to slay. The, like, oh, interesting. Talk to me. Tell me more. The same way uh, Carl Jung has this whole uh, um working with the imagination, right? You can start to work with the landscapes around you, inside you and around you. Mm-hmm. And say, I wonder why I'm doing this. Why am I keep defaulting into this? I mean, I did it with my kind of anxiety, dep- anxiety, uh, uh, grief thing. Mm-hmm. Every little thing I would just start sobbing. It's like, what are you sobbing? I would just start sobbing. Yeah. And then I would get anxious. And then I go back. It's like, okay, but that's just a way of being. So, okay, you could go to, to a, a, a psychiatrist and say, uh, okay, I need some meds to kind of stop this and give me some Ciprolex, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, how about you take a look at it? Just befriend it. They say, befriend your psychosis. Befriend. I mean, with psychosis, it's tricky because part of you is fragmented and then there's a whole other energy yeah. that comes in. Uh, but with most of the kind of imbalance that you experience, you can just see right through it and say, okay, let me see what's happening here. Why am I afraid all the time? Why yeah. anxiety comes out as a default? Why? T- tell me. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And, and just look at it. Now, the power that I want to bring back to the people, the same way you created yourself in your mother's womb, you created yourself. Your mother did not do it. Your father did. <laughs> they were just having a great time and you created yourself, okay? So if you created yourself, of course you can look at your psyche, see it for what it is, and start creating something that feels right for you, that feels insult for you. Of yeah. course you can do it, you know? Yeah. You're creating yourself yeah. in every moment. So th- this is one of the most important aspects, I think, of this paradigm shift, right? In terms of we are conditioned, and I'll talk, when I say we, I mean, like, you know, growing up in the UK, white, working class male, started to get educated and then learned about the material, you know, and thought that was what intelligence meant, you know? And that, that very narrow kind of, um, material view you know there's this there's this lack in that if the material is primary there is this dismissal of consciousness as as that creatorship like what you mentioned the real creative power of consciousness and you know if there's a message if there's a message for people with with this the, the earnestness of this as a practice it is, it goes back to that unconditional love element and that nourishing element of like whatever you lean into does transform and is carried by love. And that sounds so like <laughs> new age in a way, but it's true, right? Like when you actually, you, this isn't, this is experiential. This is something to be experienced. And, you know, it really is. And this is why for me, meditation has been like the, the life changing practice because it's allowed me to I, not identify so much with the contents and to really step into that witness of stuff going on. And, and of course, getting caught in the contents and caught in the fear and caught in the illusion. But meditation as a, as a practice, as a way to create that distance is so transformative. And, you know, it really what you talk to this curiosity this willingness to engage that's when the magic happens right that's when the transformation the alchemy happens uh, in, in my experience you know, it's the resistance that's the real suffering pain is is always tolerable but the resistance and the suffering and the you know refusing the call that for me is like the most painful resistance and I, and I, to what resistance to what resistance to like throughout my life I've not had much choice around like doing the work because it's been so invasive you know so I I say that you know I've had spells of of being suicidal for example where if you're in that if you're in that space you're like well this is a life or death matter this is survival I have to go in um I have to understand this and the same with and just for my experience of this you know, it'll be maybe a really troubling emotion. You know, those, those really like those heavy, heavy emotions, like the shame, the guilt, 
um, anxiety I've always struggled with. When they're present and invasive enough that they're affecting, because that's, that's how, how my path has unfolded, where it's been so invasive that I've, I've just had to confront it in, in a lot of different ways. Um, so for me, the resistance comes with, in my conscious experience right now, there's something that I feel is, is trying to get my attention. And at this point in my journey, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to know that when I, I give it attention, that's actually when I become closer to myself and closer to God and kind of fall through into the abyss and then realize like there's nothing really behind that. But to say that and then to experience that is far different. So recently um, I was sharing just before with you and we, we had a call, I think a few months ago, I was going through a resurfacing of paranoia and psychosis, but from a much different space. And you mentioned earlier the spaciousness around um, experience as that expands. And there was resistance in the beginning because it was, you know, the, the practicality was just walking down the street was, was suffering. It was painful. You know, it was like, even with all the practice that I've got, I started to become hyper aware of this, this paranoid edge to my experience. And there was a lot of resistance there to that call. Yeah, I understand that that, oh, that okay. was calling me. So so when you have very invasive uh thought patterns, behaviors, uh feelings, emotions, even in that point, mm -hmm. when they're very invasive, they're literally taking over, there is a way to see through them and make a choice. So It's a state, it's a state in which this is why the, the, the soul work is so important mm -hmm. because when your soul is present and you have very invasive uh, paranoia, uh, you see through it and there's an agency, there's a way in which Almost like you don't believe it. Okay, so almost like you go to see a movie, it's in a big theater, really, it looks and sounds so real. But even as you're seeing the movie, you're like, I know it's not real. I, I know it's just, it was just, so there's a way in which you can see through all this fluctuation, yeah. invasive fluctuation, yeah. and you see your truth, which mm -hmm. your truth is love mm -hmm. and light and essence and soul. Mm -hmm. This is your truth. And yeah. when you see through it, you don't just succumb to it. You, you don't just like, yeah. oh, well, I just, I was just sad. I was just suicidal. I was just, you can see through it. And this is the, the wakefulness of the soul because the, the, the soul will show you once you've seen it, listen, you don't have to see it all the time. Yeah. Enough that one time you see the truth, one time, even a, a glimpse millisecond, that's it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't grab you anymore. All these uh, invasive uh, states don't yeah. grab you anymore. Okay, so and, and that's really important because like when I was going through this rough time, I knew I have to sort things out in myself, in my relationship, in the in the physical realm, emotional realm, mental realm. I had to sort, but throughout the whole time, I knew, okay, Natalie, you're going through this episode and you're going to move through it. And I kind of see the essence of it all. Yeah. 
through it as I'm suffering. I am yeah, suffering, yeah, yeah. but I see the essence through it. Yeah. And when you see the essence through things, it's like watching a movie and knowing that it's just a movie. And that really, it kind of relaxes you and, and, and yeah. relaxes the grip that this episode has on you. Yeah. I Right. So this is really touching upon a, a really crucial distinction for me, right? Yes. And I love what you're saying. And, and that, that for me is a big part of like non-duality as an embodied practice. Yes. You know, connecting to the stillness, the inherent peacefulness and love yes. of, of, of consciousness, of awareness. But then the very, also the reality of, you know, the reality for the majority of people, at least everyone that I know, even people that are in the field and they've been doing this for years, is that that non-dual awareness doesn't, doesn't lead to like eternal bliss or, or no phenomena of consciousness. It's like a, a spaciousness behind that. And that's something I've been grateful for with this resurfacing, knowing that it was purposeful. So there's like a, a willingness to engage from, from, like from that essence, which for me is like, I, I absolutely love, this is, I talk of enchantment, right? You were at the talk at, at Sand, uh, what, three years ago now, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and that for me is enchantment, the process of not, Oh, Ricky, you're like, you're paranoid. You're having some kind of psychotic break again, <laughs> which could, I, and I felt, you know, that there was that pull towards that occasionally, but I was like, no, I know where I'm at. I'm grounded. This is, this is purposeful. It became, what is this trying to show me? And, and there's an intelligence and there's a, mm, nice, a portal and a pathway. Nice. If that's inquired into, and this phenomenon is, is metaphysical, but I, I experience this every time. And what I mean by that is, if I do that leaning in, if I do that exploration, I excavate more content that is encoded with the solution. Like we mm -hmm. talk of the pandemic and I just think of like the, the concept of a vaccine. We won't go down that route at all. We won't. But the concept of it, right? Like the, the disease is the cure. <laughs> that there's this um, in my reality. And I, I was doing that because I couldn't quite get my grounding for a while in terms of what work do I have to do? And I was doing a lot of stuff really like recentering my conscious awareness because I would as you mentioned like I'd feel the, the the fragmentation of my consciousness so ultimately as an experience part of my consciousness would be in a place and then a projected judgment would be perceived as that mm. but I'd be aware enough to know that that's what was going on there was a projection perception loop mm -hmm. and in my journey and I was writing as freely as I could and I was also doing work with my emotional body and like playing with that when I was out, like, what does my body feel like when I'm experiencing that in my field? Mm -hmm. um, and I was doing work and I was like journaling and, and just doing it freehand. And I'd explore like, well, what, what are those, what themes are surfacing? Like if, if I'm paranoid and I think that people are judging me, what do I think they're judging me for? And it, it, it boiled down to a list of beliefs and they were ways that my persona didn't want, to, want me to be perceived. And as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh, fuck, this is it. And one of, the, one of them was to be perceived as crazy. Nice. To be perceived as crazy. So, so there'd be like, is that guy okay? Like when I actually had like a real spell of this in my early 20s, I went through um, grief of a friend who died suddenly. And it was like this breaking down of, you know, I knew I wasn't okay, but I was trying to avoid it. And my reality just started reflecting that. 
Mm. So the paranoia would be like, oh, what's that guy doing? Is he all right? Like, why does he look so sad? That kind of thing. It's fucking intelligent. It's intelligent. Mm. And it has that message. And I mm. share that because I feel that from that, that space, mm. there's a call to engage mm. uh, and take on the hero's journey that I think can be part of spiritual bypassing, can be missing that whole landscape. And I feel that our development and growth comes from that balance of awareness and engagement yeah. and engagement from like non-attachment, if that makes exactly. sense. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That's the alchemy right there, the embodied yeah. alchemy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, can, I, can I share one more thing real quick on that? Um, so my experience of this is very synchronistic. Like I'll be in experiences will, will gravitate towards me that are part of this learning and it always seems to be thematic there's a theme that I'm working on it's surfacing in my dreams it's surfacing in my reality in my journaling in my thoughts and I had this realization around not wanting to appear crazy um, and the like kind of protection mechanisms that were trying to avoid that as well as the beauty of my craziness my eccentricity and the kind of work that I do and what I explore and you know, I had like a, a group of friends, my, my friends who were with me when I was going through this spell of psychosis the first time around, they visited Berlin. And it was a real practice of, you know, not seeing them in a few years. There was a practice of being able to be established in, in myself and, and, you know, what was good for me and, and what I was going to engage in. And it like when I, I feel like it was so, it was so guided, but basically we, we were out, there was a lot of socializing, a lot more than usual. And on one night we went to a bar and I had what would only be described as like a real non-ordinary experience in this bar of just like energetic, real intense energy, overwhelmed, paranoid thoughts that kind of moved through me, through my system and then dissipated. Like there was some kind of harmony going on energetically. But I went through this with all, with all my friends there and actually had the opportunity to, to articulate it from the worldview that I now have from the paradigm that I now have basically sharing my craziness to people that knew me and, and have been consistent in my life in a way that was like a crescendo of this experience. And then the paranoia is gone. Like that, that whole experience is gone after really being called to be like, I just had a, a crazy experience and I'm going to articulate it. Um, and, and to receive, I, you know, if any of them are watching this, that like I received so much compassion and understanding, which I, I was just, mm beyond you know and they're, they're not even in, into this kind of stuff but it was just like okay. straight away yeah but I, I appreciate you having the the space to to hear that sharing it, it yes. yeah that's a real experience of going through this kind of installment process for me. And I feel, I feel the emotional component of it, you know, mm. I, I'll be with that because I've, I'm aware that, you know, there's a, that, that's the embodiment, right? And, and like, I share that because I, because I also love exploring this realm and I love articulating it, but the truth is like, that's powerful on, on an emotional level and um, 
it's like what you say that's what i want for people you know i, I want that for people mm. natalie it's the first time i'm going to cry on the podcast <laughs> yes yes we love crying we love tears it's, it's what this is what this is so important you know because it's it's mm-hmm. it's like the monsters in the closet right it's like look there's nothing to worry like just just understand this realm mm-hmm. it needs to be understood and and you mentioned the media and and the way that these kind of fear matrix are, are created and our bodies are constantly on hyper alert and vigilance and <sighs> if we can learn to connect to consciousness and that greater part of ourselves and we can become curious, it's, it's a miraculous terrain. That's where miracles happen. And they, they translate to what we call material, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. And that is, you know, that, that for me is, is the, the grace of this. That's the revelation. That's that's what, and, and I do. I, I yeah. I would also appreciate you just holding space for this as well because that emotional aspect of of this exploration, like you know, it, it's it's also been huge for me. You know, connecting to that like knee shaking immense gratitude that seems to be soul recognition mm-hmm. you know it seems to be like an, an entirely and you you might also be able to talk to this like a whole new paradigm of emotional experience like as if you've, you've been experiencing like that much of the emotional landscape and it's infinite right <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean there's like there are like so many different tones to joy there's so yes. many different tones to to grace yeah to grace right to kindness, to yeah. beauty, to yeah. to to awe. Yes. Oh, is yeah, yeah. Yes. And to sadness, and to grief, and to pain, and to anger, and there's mm-hmm. all this. But it's like, look, it's very hard to say that to somebody who's still at it, going at it, and going. It's very hard. It's because. But you know, this is why I trust life. I trust life that you're going to go through your process. There's an intelligence to this process. And I trust you to go through it. Mm. Trust you. I trust you 100%. And um, even if people do the worst, like they go to, there's like, okay, I'm done with this life and this, they come back. So, okay, I'm Mm. sorry (laughs) you're going. But okay, I'll see you in 50 years. I'll be here. Please come back. It's like, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, the soul, the soul is is infinite. The soul is timeless. The soul is uh <laughs> I don't know you, <laughs> you know, it, it, and it is so beautiful. The soul is your soul. And of course I will be quiet and, and holding space because I've seen your soul when you share that. And when you see the soul, there's nothing to be said. You're just like, wow, you're at reverence. You're at gratitude. You're at, I am. I am in reverence. I am in gratitude. I am in thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, And there's no words. Mm. What can you say when you see a sunset and when you see a newborn and when you see, uh, uh, what can you say really? 
Yeah. When you go and 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 swim in in the Mediterranean or swim in the ocean, what can you really say to that? Mm. Okay, so well, it's blue and it's fifty degrees and it's yeah, <laughs> right. But what can you say to the experience yeah. of meeting soul to soul? Mm. It's incredible. I mean, the, that's what what you said. It's so important for me that everybody experience that. It's true because once you tasted the most exquisite experience of life once you tasted mm-hmm. it of course you want everybody to have it of course but yeah. the thing is you can't you can't force it you can't yeah. accelerate it everybody goes through yeah. their process and they have their own way of connecting with their soul of of working with their pain body of seeing through the veil and of expanding further to the next level and the next yeah. level and and the, there's so much waiting for us, so much mm-hmm. as individuals, as collectives, so much is waiting for us. Um, and we're going to get there. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic in this lifetime, in the next one, in, on this planet or another planet. We're going to get there. I mean, yeah. it's, I'm very clear because life is stronger than anything. It doesn't matter what, what happens. Life is stronger yeah. than anything. And yeah. the soul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I picked up on what you said, I, I feel like it, it's really useful for anyone who's in the field in you know practicing as a meditation teacher as a coach as a writer or any any kind of knowledge sharing any kind of leading people to themselves i'm sure you you must have experienced this or i experienced this Uh, and i'll I'll start with a quote from the bhagavad gita which i I think i'm putting my book uh, to paraphrase it it talks about the path and it says that so much in the in the beginning is like a bit of poison and in the end is sweet nectar. And it's like, like you say, when you when you have that exquisite nectar, there can be an innocence and an urgency. And I felt it in myself where it's just like, everyone has to see this. Everyone has to know right now. And, you know, you point to the, the divine timing, the unfoldment, and people being ready also. And, and I, I share that to have awareness around that process and, and the kind of the innocent, you know, the innocence of that as a source, but also the potential pitfalls of trying to force that message, which I've, I've been in that, um, that spell on my own work. And the difference between that and just being in, being, being aligned with yourself and in integrity and trust that things will work um but there there does seem to be like a, a divine timing element to it and like a not to rush and it's like what lessons uh, and it sounds a bit cliched but actually as an experience like what lessons are there to be learned before that kind of growth and, and evolution mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. unfolds and um yeah, I don't really know where else I'm going with that other than like yes, because see sense of urgency almost. Because see, let's say, let's say we have a sense of urgency and we want to bring this incredible nectar to everybody around us. But if they don't have the mouth or the taste buds or the even desire to taste it, mm. and it doesn't matter how much nectar you feel their home with, they're not ready. Yeah. So when when we talk about divine timing, we actually are talking about your own timing. 
You have your timing. I have my timing. Your friend has a timing. Your client has a timing. Your book has a timing. And the timing is, is the birth of the soul that is birthing vessels, that is birthing ways of expressing. It has its own way. I mean, yeah. the wisdom that you have right now is different than the wisdom you had in 2018 because you've developed pathways, you've developed experience, you've developed ways in which now, aha, uh -huh, now th this wisdom really lands perfectly mm -hmm. on the piece of your puzzle. Three years ago, it may have not, okay? So the divine timing is actually your own timing. It's your own timing in your own reality. This is why in Insolment 2, I yeah. pay great attention to understanding how you create your reality. It's not some philosophical, cosmological, psychological thing. Yeah. It's really understanding the nuts and bolts of your reality. Yeah. Because if you don't know your reality, you don't know your soul, you don't know your pain body, you don't know your landscape, and you don't know what's your impulse, where you're going, mm -hmm. then what are you doing here, really? Okay? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I mean, you're doing probably a lot of things. But what I'm trying to say, once you start decoding all these different terrains and different landscape and different countries within your own psyche, within your own life, when you start decoding and understand them, it's like, okay, today I'm going to Belgium. Tomorrow I'm going to mm -hmm. Germany. Next week I'm going to Kenya. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're doing it at, not as like an idea, next week I'm going to Kenya, yeah. but out of, of an emergent, something that necessitates itself that is emerging from your own moment, okay? So right now I'm creating uh, with a group of people a retreat center in Greece. Mm. I never imagined I would create a retreat center in Greece, okay? Yeah. And this retreat center is like it's like a healing center. It's a it's it's about community. It's about love. It's about healing. It's about ec ecology, regenerative community. I never thought I'm going to do that, but guess what? Mm. It showed up at my door, and I was called to do something, and I just did one thing, and then all of a sudden. All of yeah. a sudden, I'm there, and I'm I'm the co-founder. So sometimes it's not about oh, next week I'm going to Kenya, or next week I'm going to start a retreat center. Yeah, it's about doing the next thing that's calling you, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a new terrain, and then you say, yeah. "Ooh, I like it. I'm going to continue build a house here," or you say, "Thank you very much. I visited here. I'm going next." Okay. Yeah. So these processes of understanding your landscape, not understanding, but really getting it it's about getting it mm -hmm. because there's a too much emphasis on either the non-dual bypassing that yeah. or but but, but insolvent is all about the experience and yeah. you see in my books it's all about particles of experience so the more you go inside your experience your own personal experience and you start understanding the landscape of your experience all of a sudden this this monster under the bed is not so scary. Mm. And this thing to tell to your friend at the bar, hey, I had this thing. And you all of a sudden you're naked in front of them. Mm -hmm. It's not so scary because you kind of know it already. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, I tell people about shit, sorry, that I don't like about myself. But I yeah. said, sorry, guys, this is how I am. And ta -da -da -da. sometimes yeah. I work on it and I change it. But some things, this is, this is how I am, you know? So when you own who you are right now in the moment and there's, there's no shame, there's no fear, there's no avoiding, there's no pursuing. It's mm -hmm. just like, oh, oh, we're doing this right now. Oh, yeah, right now I'm dedicated to this. Okay. And then life life will take you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't need to, 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 to schedule on Monday morning, I'm going to do the retreat center. Or Monday morning, I'm going to work on my pain body. Life will show you. 
because you're on a ride. Yeah. You're on a big, big ride. That's that's a cosmic ride. Yeah. It's like woo-wee, right? This concept of, of going yes. with the flow, like going with the current of life. Yes. Joseph Campbell talks, um, I think there's a quote from him saying, like, the purpose of life is to match your nature with nature. Yes. Um, and, you know, this, as you were saying that, it, it got me thinking about, you know, the the choice, because if we're creating, we also have a choice to, and I'm I'm going to talk from the position of someone listening to this now, then even if they're not, there's not necessarily a sense of urgency, actually making the choice to take control of the timing, to be like, I'm going to choose for it to be now, I'm going to catalyze myself because I can. And I wonder with that, you know, for, I, I can I can only talk from entering into that spiritual realm into the psychic realm because I, I had a lot of suffering in my life and for a lot of people that's the way like they suffer they want to understand suffering ultimately they just want to feel good initially they want to feel happy they want to feel at peace they want some kind of rest from from that suffering but there is I feel like there's a call for people to to actually just choose to say I'm actually you know I'm, I'm all right but there, there is this sense of very, I think the Buddha talks about this, right? Like the, 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 the dissatisfaction. Like even if life is going well, there's this feeling of, and I'm talking of old paradigm or like Western material paradigm. I always had this existential angst of like, there must be something more. I, I don't feel like my consciousness is just a byproduct of a very complex brain that has evolved by pure chance on a planet in a universe that was fine-tuned to perfection for life 13 billion years in the future like you know you're like oh wow yeah it's all beautiful isn't it but there's no god there's no intelligent design and it's like how it's rational it's logical it's actually so i'm gonna rant i am ranting but the existence of of an overarching intelligence isn't like it's it's the most logical and rational as well as everything else the embodied and the miraculous like yes but that's really Yes, Ricky, the thing is, the system that we created, the metrics that is right now in place, the kind of materialistic, so-called materialistic, mm -hmm. because we also had to develop this, we had to develop yeah. the machine, we had to develop the internet, we had to develop our intelligence, yeah. we had to do it as a species, as an evolutionary species, but that's another conversation, but what I'm trying to say, you can even go to a place and see, and see their age and their insolvent age. You can come to our system and see how insolved we are. You can just look at the mm. hospitals, look at the uh, healthcare systems, educational system, food production system. You can see how insolved they are. So mm -hmm. when you come to a system, or when you when you observe a culture, or when you when you observe a, a place that is relatively young in its insolvent, it's like okay, they're pretty young. Okay, yeah. so you you actually can can um, navigate the places. And the people and the experiences mm -hmm. that takes you to where you want to go. Okay. So that's why I'm saying we got to disconnect from things that are not serving our insolvent and plug in into the things that are serving our insolvent. And insolvent is connecting, connect, yeah. connecting with your soul, with your essence, with your truth, with what makes you feel good. That's critical because if you're doing yeah. all this work and you don't feel good, I'm sorry, that's not your soul way. Because the installment process, of course, you can go through a rough time. But after the rough time, 
come salvation. There's mini mm. salvations all the time, all the time. And if you don't experience this mini salvation, then something is off here. Either yeah. in the way you think, either in your approach, either that you have resistance to feeling joy and, and peacefulness mm. and, and pleasure and touch and this mm. and whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like you got to identify the mechanism in which you're creating your reality. Because all of your experience, Ricky, all of my experience, all of the of our listeners' experience, we created it ourselves. Some it yeah. unconsciously, some it consciously, but we created it. So wouldn't it be amazing to understand our own operating system? I think this is one of the most important things. And then to infuse it with soul, to infuse mm -hmm. your home with soul, your relationship with soul, your workout regime with soul, your food with soul, your, your systems with soul. I mean, your mm -hmm. books... Infuse it with soul. And what is the soul of the book? The soul of an hospital, the soul of a, of a teacher is the innermost essence of it. Mm -hmm. Is it the innermost essence? The truest, most infused with light and love? That's the question. And there are ways to do that. And this is what I talk about in the second book. Yeah. But that's another conversation because I have to go. I have another... another uh Yes, I know. Yeah, it's gone it's so fast. It's just the beginning. It's just the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk again yeah. for sure. I, I, if, if you, yeah, this has gone really quick. I, I just, as a a really nice kind of end um, point or pause point or, or break, um, you know, I love this because it talks to being your own leader. And actually there's no teaching or teacher anywhere in this universe that is going to give you a lesson that you can't find within and that's something we've been completely disconnected from. Um, and there is that like understanding the dance of mind and matter and how these experiences are drawn to you. You see on a greater level that there are always invitations. Yes. And that was another part of this, you know, this question around the choice. I feel that the more aware you become, the more switched on you are to these invitations, but it's possible to be invited and not like take up the call. It's possible to have that kind of um, yes. soul calling and to ignore it and to suffer. And I wonder, and I will shut up in a minute, right? I wonder the percentage of, of suffering, not pain, but suffering that is caused from not listening to the call, not following the inner guidance and not just trusting that innate, essential guiding system even of emotions and and yeah we need to be our own gurus that's right beautiful. let's let's start this with the next conversation yeah, that's a beautiful i'd love question. that it's a beautiful inquiry mm -hmm. pain suffering and yeah and listening to your own inner inner guiding system that's incredible yeah. that's a beautiful inquiry mm -hmm. yeah on that note we'll, we'll close today thank, thank you. you so much for taking the time i i really um I feel the relevancy in terms of, you know, how long we've known each other and we've, we've finally done the podcast and I'm sure people will get a lot of value from it. And uh, you made me cry, Natalie. So there you go. <laughs> you, you, touched me, you, you touched me. It's so beautiful to be so open and so vulnerable. It's, it's very moving. Thank you so much. And incredible questions, very deep questions. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, and I really look forward to next time. Thank you, Ricky. Thank, thank you so much. Bye, Take bye. care. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mind That Ego podcast. To stay up to date, you can join the Mind That Ego mailing list. If you head to mindthatego.com slash MFM, 
you'll also get a copy of my book, Mindsets for Mindfulness, when you join. You can also follow Mind That Ego on Facebook and YouTube, where the podcasts are also displayed in video format, along with other inspired videos that I create. Or if Instagram is more your social media of choice, you can follow me at Ricky underscore Deriz, that's D-E-R-I-S-Z. 